This episode brought to you by Healthier You. Are you living the healthiest version of you? Hi, this is registered dietitian and Run Disney race announcer, Carissa Galloway, and I'm excited to share some information about the course I created. It's called Healthier You. In my talking and working with runners, they're always asking about ways to improve their health, nutrition, and for weight loss. I took everything I've learned as a registered dietitian and made it into this easy-to-navigate 12-week course. You're getting meal plans, you're getting nutrition education, you're getting recipes, and you're getting live monthly Q&A sessions with me where you can ask your personalized questions. We've had over 200 Healthier You participants this year, and so many of them are sharing great stories of success with how simple it is to use the program and how it's made huge improvements in their energy and nutrition choices. I'd love for you to join Healthier You, and you can use the code Jeff. J-E-F-F to save $175. You can go to GallowayCourse.com or find the link in the show notes and follow me on Instagram for more information at Carissa underscore G-Way. You know, today uh, I'm, I'm going to be the best dean that dean can be. Um, I'm not going to, I'm going to leave nothing on the course. I'm going to give it my all. And that is my commitment. The only way I can fail is if I don't give it my all. And when you go into a race like that, I think, uh, it's very energizing because you know that it does. You know you can't control the competition, you can't control the environment. All you can control is yourself. And if your commitment is just today, I'm going to I'm going to be my best. Um, that that's somewhat comforting. Welcome and thanks for joining us for the kickoff of season two of the You Can Do It with Jeff Galloway podcast. We have an amazing slate of interviews and stories this season. And we're very excited to bring you episode one of season two with ultramarathon legend Dean Carnassus. You can do it. Dean Carnassus is an amazing runner, an amazing human, and joins Jeff in creating a unique challenge that takes you back in the footsteps of the pioneers of running, and it's brought to you in a way that has never been done before. The challenge is called the Fidipides Challenge, and you can sign up now. We caught up with Dean to talk about his running life, his amazing challenges, his Greek heritage, and the role he played in putting together this one-of-a-kind challenge. So welcome, Dean, to the You Can Do It with Jeff Galloway podcast. Thanks for having me run by. <laughs> so a lot of people know you from your amazing accomplishments running across America, across Australia, running 50 marathons in 50 days in 50 states. But it's probably not often that you get to introduce yourself to tell us a little bit about who Dean is from Dean's perspective. <laughs> There's not a lot to tell. It'll <laughs> be a short conversation, but... I guess uh, I'll segue by saying that um, Dean is not even my name. So I think that um, that would be a big reveal to a lot of listeners that know of me. Uh, my actual name is Constantine. And uh, I think that speaks a lot uh, uh, to my life, how I have kind of a, a dual identity that uh, I'm very Greek uh, uh, and, and half my personality, but most people, I, don't, I think, don't, don't realize this, or if they do, they don't realize kind of the, the historical connections uh, to my roots. But other than that, I'm, I'm pretty much like every other runner. I just, uh, I love to run. 
That's great. A little, a little known fact, Jeff, do you have a, a little tidbit for us as well in that same regard? Well, uh, I have had a lot of things that have gone through my life, but the, the key element to me has been my trips to Greece. And so Dean and I share this bond with that amazing country than the people who have gone through so much. It, life in Greece is always a struggle and always has been. But at the same time, the small number of people over there have produced amazing things from the Olympics to democracy and so much in between. And uh, I, I just have to say that Dean is the personification of the messenger runners that Pheidippides was back then. He is that today. You went way more philosophical than I was going. Um, <laughs> I was talking about I was talking about your name. Oh well, we share that too. My name Jeff is not my real name. I was given the name John Franks Galloway at birth. And neither my mother nor my father wanted to call me John. They hated the name John. And the reason they, they uh, knuckled under was that uh, there was family pressure to name the firstborn male John, and they gave in. But they called me Jeff right from the get-go. So, Dean, <laughs> you and I <laughs> are living this alternative identity. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I certainly understand their perspective, but I, I do like Jeff better than John. So I'm, well, I'm glad you. you went. I'm glad you went with that. Yeah. <laughs> so possibly something else you guys have in, in common. Um, I think you guys share some of the same attitudes with the mantra of "You can do it." Uh, it's what this podcast is called. It's what Jeff has kind of, um, you know, run a lot of his his businesses around this idea. Um, so, Dean, can you talk a little bit about what the, the idea of you can do it means to you? Hey, to me, it's the it's just the spirit of adventure, of, of being bold and courageous and uh, applying yourself. I think that, you know, the, the, the biggest sin uh, for a man is to, you know, live short of his potential. And I think Jeff, to me, uh, he's really the embodiment of living up to all you can be. Uh, that said, you know, I've, I've seen the reactions to, uh, Mr. Galloway as he's, uh, as he, as he's referenced in, in various panels we've sat on together by the audience. And I will tell you the, the impact he's had on individuals has been profound. So to me, you know, Jeff Galloway, uh, is always about giving to others. I mean, everything that I see of this man, it's, it's not, it's to deflect attention on himself. And, and to give back to others and empower uh, others to be the best they can be. And, you know, he, the, the Galloway method, obviously is something I prescribe to. And, you know, people ask me, uh, you know, how I apply the Galloway method. And, you know, my, my application during an ultra marathon is typically uh, I walk for nine minutes and crawl for a minute. And then I walk <laughs> for nine minutes and crawl for a minute. <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> and Jeff, what about you? Of of you can do it. What does that mean to you? It is the 
as you say, philosophical expression of, of life. And every time the, that we wake up, we're faced with challenges throughout the day. My whole approach is to take each challenge at a time and say to myself first, I can do this. And as a result of that, and sometimes when the task looks like it's too tough, I will say it over and over again. And by the time I've said it 20 or 30 times, I start to believe it. And there have been just some amazing things that have happened as a result of turning my attitude around over the years by using this. So I started using it with my coaching clients and they have had all types of success with it, not just in running, but in life itself. So I'm so pleased that uh, that Dean embraces this too, because it really does work. You know, when you talk about philosophy and, and being philosophical, um, it, it seems like, Dean, you're kind of like the modern day, you know, running philosopher in some of the, the posts you have on social and some of the challenges that you do. So what, what do you think it is about running that lends itself to so many different things about humanity and how, how those things relate? That is a really good question. And I, I grapple with that answer all the time because uh, running is such a simple act, isn't it? I mean, there, there's not much to it. You're just, you're walking at an accelerated pace, but it's profound. Uh, running pretty much becomes your identity when you become a runner. And the lessons you learn from this simple act are so all-encompassing. And I think that, you know, running certainly strips away um, all your kind of defensive barriers and your ego, especially the further you run. And I think in that state, you can just see uh, truth more honestly. And I think that philosophy is just basically, um, you know, the, the, the pursuit of truth. And that's why I think running reveals um, these, these insights and, you know, as, as many insights that I've had, uh, you know, when I, the more I learn, the more I realize they're, they're just, I'm just rehashing <laughs> the things that, you know, the ancient Greeks had stated uh, 2,500 years ago. So I think maybe it's some of it is inbred, but I think again, that, you know, running gives you the space and the time to really think. Uh, I'm sure like you guys, most of my day is pretty frenetic. I'm, you know, I'm bombarded with um, text messages and, you know, tweets and, and, and so forth. And when I go running, uh, it's, it's a time where I can think for myself and that's, that's very clarifying and very rejuvenating. And anyone that, you know, thinks running is boring. Uh, I say, yeah, it is. That's why I like it. <laughs> I want to be bored. Life is so intense these days that I just want that space to think for myself. For sure. Well and, said. And, yeah. Other other than giving you that space, what would you say, you know, if you could sum up your running life, what, what would you say running has given you? You know, running has given me a certain freedom and a certain liberation. I think that, you know, the, the Olympic Games were, they were conceived as a way for humanity to rise above all else. And I think that that notion of, of, nothing matters except for, you know, 
your existence at some point is so elemental, but it's, it's so uh, empowering. Uh, you know, to me, um, running is, has been when, when life is horrible, when, when I, you know, encounter tragedy or setbacks, I can just go running and somehow that cleanses me. It, 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 it renews me. I'm, I'm free from all of the encumbrances, uh, you know, free from the heaviness of being, uh, when I run. And I think that any runner can relate to that. There's a certain freedom that, uh, it elevates you above the minutia of, of everyday living. It's funny that you talk about freedom and then some of the, the challenges and different things that you have undertook have almost been not the opposite of freedom, but, you know, trying to run across America, running across Australia, doing all of these kind of crazy challenges. What brings you, you know, why do you get into these challenges, I guess? I, I just love adventure. You know, I think it was Amelia Earhart that said um, adventure is worthwhile in itself. So just the pursuit to me of adventure and of new challenges, I kind of never stop exploring attitude and kind of, you know, biting off more than you can chew, just throwing yourself into these things and saying, let's see how it goes. Uh, to me, that's really, it's, it's, it's thrilling. It's exciting. Uh, so that I think that that's definitely part of it, you know, and then the other part is, is uh, internally, uh, you know, I, I lust for my breaking point. Like, will, will this one be the one that stops me? Can I get through this? And, you know, Jeff was talking about when you get to those moments where you feel like you can't keep going. Uh, to me, that's that's uh, kind of these come to Jesus moments are really exciting. <laughs> I live for them where, you know, you, you proved to yourself and that you're better than you think you are and you can go further than you think you could. And what would you say has been your hardest challenge up until this point? <laughs> Raising a teenage daughter. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That was an act of endurance. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think to me, uh, when I look at my, the, the races I've done, you know, I certainly reflect on uh, a race called the Badwater Ultra Marathon, which is 135 miles uh, nonstop across Death Valley in the middle of summer. And if you've ever been out to Death Valley in the middle of summer, you you know how uh, ungodly hot it is. I mean, it's it's otherworldly how how hot it is. And you know, just to just to open the car door and feel that air and think I've got to run 135 miles in this. It is so overwhelming that I can't believe I've ever finished that race. I can't believe anyone has ever finished that race. What's the mindset going into a challenge like that? You know, I used to have a lot of pre-race anxiety. And what has quelled that is uh, my commitment that I make at the starting line that, you know, today uh, I'm, I'm going to be the best dean that dean can be. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm going to leave nothing on the course. I'm going to give it my all. And that is my commitment. The only way I can fail is if I don't give it my all. And when you go into a race like that, I think uh, it's very energizing because you know that it doesn't, you know, you can't control the competition. You can't control the environment. All you can control is yourself. And if your commitment is just today, I'm going to, I'm going to be my best. Um, that that's somewhat comforting. And, you know, my friend Steve Prefontaine had numerous statements that uh, zero right in on what you said, Dean. 
<laughs> I love how you reference reference him as your friend because it's it's the truth. I mean, how how many people on earth can say that, Jeff? I think you and maybe two or three other people. It's a treasure. Yeah, it's a, a treasure. treasure. Mm. And speaking of these accomplishments and the and the challenges, what what would you say from a running standpoint has been your proudest accomplishment? You know, I, I get back to um, family. I, uh, I one time ran a, a 10K with my daughter, Alexandria, on her 10th birthday. And, you know, I'll, I'll never surpass that as far as my career. Uh, you know, we, we, we tend to, when we reflect on our lives, it's, at least for me, I don't necessarily reflect on uh, the big, proud, glorious moments. You know, I don't, I don't you know, certainly... Being invited to run to the White House and meet Michelle Obama was was a, a pinnacle moment, but it's more the the little moments. You know, when when your you know your family, or your friends says they say something quirky to you, just you know around the campfire, those are the kind of things to me that um, resonate most deeply. And you know, crossing that finish line hand in hand with my daughter on her tenth birthday at that ten k is you know it's 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 it was the best. I'll, I'll never surpass that moment. Dad, do you want to say anything sappy about me now? <laughs> I was leading up to that, Jeff. Now. <laughs> well, that, you know, there was a, a moment uh, in the Peachtree Road Race when you were supposed to be 10 years old, but you weren't quite because the requirement was that you had to be 10 years old. But uh, we, uh, we have shared a number of great running experiences in our Galloway family. And certainly I am, I'm extremely proud of coming from behind, from last place to second and qualifying for the Olympic team in Munich. And certainly I am very proud of a lot of the times that I've run, but what I'm most proud of and, and what has given me the most back has been the running with my dad in his very last marathon and um, running with each one of my family members in various times. And whenever I go through a difficult running experience, I get this whole collage of, of views and images of my family just coming through my brain and in my vision and it just takes away all of the negative that, that could go on. Dean, you're so right. It's the family, ultimately, that gives you the most. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, my dad running the inaugural L.A. Marathon. And I had no idea what a marathon was all about. And he told my mom and I, he said, you know, wait for me at the 20-mile mark. Because when I get there, uh, I'm going to be really tired. And you got to tell me that I look great and to keep going. <laughs> That's and great. So, yeah. He comes running into the 20-mile mark. And my, my mom looks at him and she says, God, you look horrible. Why don't you stop? <laughs> and I said, Mom. She's like, I'm just being honest. And I said, no, Dad, keep going. But um, we, uh, he somehow made it to the finish line. And we were trying to find him. Couldn't find him. And finally, we went into the medic tent. And there's my poor dad laying on a cot. You know, he's covered in a mylar blanket. He's just, you know, he's got crusty salt all over him. He's, he's delirious. 
And the, the whole drive back home, uh, he was in the back seat. Just he was squirming like a gaffed fish. I mean, he was cramping. He was moaning. And I just thought to myself, I am never going to run a marathon. Like that seemed like <laughs> the most horrible thing you'd ever want to do. And, you know, some years later, here I am making a career out of running marathons. Well, I have, I do have to tell a, a story on Weston. Weston's forte in high school and college was the 800 meter. And he regularly told us, don't ever think that I'm going to run anything more than a mile. That's not me. And uh, he is now our Ironman triathlete in the family and doing far more exercise uh, than I am doing. It's just a wonderful thing to see him come alive. Well, you got to do something, I guess. <laughs> what, what is your, let me ask you a question, Weston. Yeah. What, is your fa- what is your favorite event? Um. Well, so I got into triathlons because there was a group when I was out in California um, doing it, and it was just a great community. And I also thought that I potentially could be good at it because I wasn't like amazing at running, but like maybe if I did other things, I could be good at it, but you have to be good at the other things too. So that didn't work out so well. Um, but uh you know, it's, it's more about just kind of like what you said, putting a challenge out there now. And so I, I recently followed a training plan of Jeff's for the first time ever and, and ran a marathon from, you know, start to finish following a training plan and, and ran under three hours. So I was pretty, I was pretty pleased with that. Um, so yeah, it, I don't think it's anything specific. I think it's more of just putting your mind to something and, and accomplishing it, uh, hopefully accomplishing it. And then moving on to the next goal, setting something else out there. Do you ever aspire to try an ultra marathon? Possibly one day. Um, <laughs> Possibly one day. <laughs> I, I think what I, yeah, I think yeah. what I learned from, from the Ironman is that just the training takes so long. And obviously similarly for a, for an ultra, um, I love the culture. I love, you know, the people that, that are involved with ultra running. Um, so I think it's, it's inevitable one day that I would do something like that, but you know, it needs to be the right one at the right time, having the right amount of time to train for it, that kind of thing. You know, the, you're right. The, the ultra running community and culture is, is very different. And, uh, you know, I, I've been a big advocate for keeping it funky and fun the way it is right now, because, you know, you certainly since I began uh, running ultra marathons, which you know was <laughs> almost three decades ago, believe it or not. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I mean, I was, I didn't, I didn't know what a training block was and I, w- I was spending more time surfing than I was training, you know, and I was, I was running ultra marathons in my, in my board shorts and, you know, and I just thought the whole, the whole thing was, it was a different breed. You know, I'd, I'd see guys training on the track and I would think that looks really horrible. I'd rather just go, you know, run for five or six hours on a trail somewhere and, you know, nowadays, you know, there are collegiate uh, athletes that are getting into ultra marathoning. They're smashing records and it, you know, the whole sport has changed a lot, but I, I still hope that that funky subculture um, it, it always remains. Yeah. And, and they were talking for a while. So I was in the footwear industry and, and, you know, the, the 
some of the chatter was about is ultra the next big kind of like running boom. And I was almost hoping that it wouldn't in a way to keep that culture, what it was, if, if, you know, a lot of money went into it and whatever, it could really change the, the landscape of ultra running. So I think it still, I think it always would remain because it takes a certain type of person to, you know, go after that kind of goal. Yeah. I mean, it always surprised me when I, when I run an ultra marathon, um, some of the people that show up at the starting line, but I've learned that ultra marathoning is, you know, it's, it's more of a mental challenge and a physical challenge, because when you talk about those distances, you know, the human body is only capable of running fast for so, for so long, and then it breaks down. So I think that a lot of these people are just, their mindset is they're so gritty and so tough and they have such a, you know, a spirit about them that that's how they get to the finish line. Yeah. Speaking about doing crazy things like ultras, has anybody presented you with a challenge or um, an idea that, that just didn't seem doable or seemed too crazy for you? No, I've, I've, <laughs> I've entertained a lot of challenges. Um, one time, uh, uh, these three English guys wanted me to be the, the fourth uh, teammate on a, on a paddle from um, the tip of South America to Antarctica. Wow. And it's, it's across the Drake Passage. And uh, Jeff, I think you've been to Antarctica. I have not, but uh, I know what, that, uh, what the sea is like down there. It's crazy. Yeah, so do I. And that's why I said, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I don't know if there's enough drama mean to get me through it. But um, that was when I, I thought, ah, I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm up for that one. Because not only is it very dangerous, you know, and are you paddling for a long time? Uh, you know, you're with four other people. And so the group dynamics are going to be um, pretty interesting. Uh, I, I didn't say no. I said, let me think about it. And, and then the pandemic hit. So the, their plans have been put on hold. Wow. So I guess a little bit less crazy is, is writing books. And, and you've written five. Uh, you're a New York Times bestselling author. Your most recent book is A Runner's High about the, the challenge, again, kind of a, a thread in your life, the challenge of returning to Western states, you know, 20 plus years after first completing the race. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and, and what, what's in the book? Yeah. So my first book was called um, Ultra Marathon Man. And, you know, it was, I, I just, I just wanted to write a book when I wrote Ultra Marathon Man. It was, it was on my, you know, my life list, my bucket list, if you will, just, you know, write a book. So I, I wrote this book and I thought, you know, if five of my buddies buy this, I'll be lucky. And it became, you know, an instant New York Times bestseller. It's, it's in publication, I think, in 22 languages now. You know, it sold millions of copies and it was just crazy because it was not at all what I had anticipated. And it was, you know, these are stories about some ultra marathon or doing these kind of crazy, you know, long distance runs. And it, it just, it, it, it hit a chord with a lot of people. So uh, my most recent book, Runner's High, is, is somewhat of a sequel to, to Ultra Marathon Man. And it kind of looks back on 30 years of, of ultra marathoning. And, how am I still doing it? And, you know, is the passion still in my heart? And, you know, what is the experience like nowadays versus then? Uh, so that was kind of where the, you know, the, the genesis of the book came from. As far as the book itself, you know, it, I, I just, if, if someone picks up the book, they love it. And the hard part is getting someone to invest in, in, in the book just to, 
you know, turn that first page because they don't know what to expect. And I would say that half the messages I get from people are say to me, wow, that was not at all what I was expecting in a, in a sports book. That was like good. <laughs> Cause I think a lot of the, uh, yeah, I think the running genre has been kind of saturated with some books that are not quite so literary. And, you know, with me, I, I really pride myself on, on being a good writer. So I really work hard at the craft of writing so that um, it's somewhat of a, you know, it's literary um, pleasure for the reader that they, the reader takes something away from it. And I think if you're a runner, regardless if you run ultra marathons or, or not, I think, you know, you, you read this book and you're kind of nodding your head like, oh, I felt those emotions. Oh, I've been there. Oh, that happened to me as well. So if the yeah, book you, wasn't about running, what would you say the book is about? The book is, I think, uh, like running, it's kind of a microcosm of life. Um, it, it's storytelling. I mean, uh, I'm Greek and, you know, from the day of Homer, the Greeks have always been storytellers. So uh, what this book is, it's, it's a book of stories. And it, it talks about my relationship with my father, my relationship with my son. So these are these are themes that everyone can relate to. It's just through the eyes and the lens of a runner. And um, again, it's you know there some of the stories are quirky, some of them are endearing, some of them you know are are painful. But it's it's kind of like you get to to see the world through uh, uh, an ultra marathoner through Dean Carnett. Like you get to see how my worldview is, what my perspective is on life and how I conduct myself day to day. And I think there's something interesting about peering through the eyes of another person because, you know, we all know our reality, but you know, the guy next to you or the woman next to you, you're not really sure how they view the world. And when someone writes an honest story about how they view the world, it's interesting because their perspective is typically going to be a little bit different than yours. Sure. And, and speaking of a perspective, you, you have a unique kind of Greek perspective and that you took that into writing one of your other books, Road to Sparta, um, where you, you kind of documented and, and retraced the steps of, of Pheidippides. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that meant to you and, and what that experience was like? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was very personal and, you know, the, the Greeks have a, uh, there's a term for someone that's kind of an honorary Greek. It's called a Phil Helene. And I think, you know, Jeff Galloway is an honorary Phil Helene. I mean, he, he knows um, the history of the marathon and he he's been to these places and he's seen the lore and the magic of it. And I just wanted to put that on the pages because I think that so many marathoners don't realize what they did was so steeped in history. Uh, there, there's no other sport where you can look back and say this, you know, 2,500 years ago, this is what happened. And this is what you just did is based upon. And to me, that, that, that story needs to be told uh, more vividly. I think that, unfortunately, a lot of the, you know, the sports casting, the messaging around running a marathon nowadays is all about speed and time and Olympic qualifiers and, and this and that, which is great. But I think the tragic thing is if you, you know, if you put into a room 10 Olympians, marathoners, and you said, you know, tell me the history of the marathon, they wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> and I, I don't want that ever to go away. So I thought you need to memorialize this, tell the story in a book. And that's kind of the road to Sparta. 
and, and you know the whole that, concept yeah, on on storytelling is that when you tell a story and and do it to the best and and the honest uh, feelings that you have, it can change people. It it can really cause them to look at themselves and uh, relate to that story. And what happens with the uh, story of how the marathon came to be and and your telling of it is that it's so rich in what happened to the history of Western civilization. Yeah, I mean, the two are inextricably linked. Uh, you know, the Battle of Marathon was kind of the the turning point where the, the f- humankind embraced this idea of democracy, power to the, the, the people. And before that, societies were always organized basically as tyrannies, kind of yeah. top-down leadership. And, uh, you know, the well, Jeff, you know the history as well as I do. I mean, it, you know, ha- had the Greeks lost at the Battle of Marathon and subsequent battles at Thermopylae and uh, and had the Persians, you know, invaded Greece, uh, democracy would have probably looked a lot different. And the way the world and Western culture would have evolved would have been different. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stating these things as though I'm some expert on it, but I'm not. I mean, I, I researched this book thoroughly and I worked with a gentleman by the name of Paul Cartledge. And uh, Professor Cartledge is like the foremost authority on ancient Greek culture. He works at Cambridge. And, you know, the, the knowledge of this man, <laughs> I, I, I mean, Google, he puts Google to shame. I, I don't know how he pulls all these references, but, you know, I, I work with some uh, historians, some leading historians in, in, in documenting um, all of those events that we just discussed. Great job. The road to Sparta. So how does that fit into Pheidippides' journey? Because he ended up in Athens, right? Yeah, you know, I'm sure a lot of listeners are saying, well, hold up, Sparta and uh, Greece, Athens, what what is this all about? Why is your book called The Road to Sparta when it's about the marathon? Uh, Well, if you know the story, um, Pheidippides, the Greek runner, he he didn't just run the 26.2 miles um, that he's known for in in the marathon. He actually ran much further than that. And the reason he did this is to tried to recruit the Spartans to help the Athenians in battle because they were badly outnumbered by the invading Persians. So the road to Sparta is the road he followed from Athens to get to Sparta. And there's a race that's called the Spartathlon that is basically following that same path that I've done. And, you know, with when Jeff came to me with the idea of uh, Pheidippides challenge, you know, I was salivating, as you can imagine, at, at you know, uh, the implications of, of what a, a race and a virtual event like that would look like. So yeah, Jeff, talk a little bit about the Fidipides challenge. What, what does that entail? Well, you know, Dean and I have talked for several years about the heritage of Fidipides and what a, an amazing person Fidipides was. And we both came to the conclusion that He's never been given the acclaim that he deserved in history. Uh, So um, we went about to change this around. And uh, and what we wanted to do 
is allow people to virtually follow the footsteps of Pheidippides, the, the route that he did. Uh, and we put the, um, we use some uh, technical work by uh, Weston's brother Brennan to unlock certain areas as you log in your miles. This actually was the brainchild of Dean uh, to once people reached a certain landmark area, uh, he wanted to have it unlocked with uh, the history of the area, uh, maybe some stories, some visuals of the area and where you were on that route. And uh, Brennan was our tech guy that put all this together. Uh, so that's really motivating. You're interacting every time you log in. Uh, but at the same time, I wanted to fill in the gaps. We only know a very little amount of what went on during Pheidippides' run from Athens to Sparta, then from Sparta to Marathon, and then from Marathon to Athens. And so what I wanted to do is research it and then come out with a narrative that would be historical fiction and historical truth mixed to fill in the gaps of what really could have happened. The big question mark among historians is how in the heck could the Athenians who were citizen soldiers go up against a mass force of, of very fierce warriors, the Persians, who outnumbered them five to one and when. And uh, so I've gone about this narrative to explain what could have been going on behind the scenes, and in some cases actually did go on behind the scenes. And then what happened after the battle, which is also rather significant. So the narrative keeps you entertained and educates you at the same time about the history about the feelings, uh, about the doubts, and and then the tremendous victory that occurred. Uh, but there's still a challenge once the Battle of Marathon is won, and I won't divulge the uh, the facts of that. You can listen to the narrative and uh, have that revealed. Dean, I hear that uh, your mom has entered the challenge. Have you guys had any conversations about it or what she thinks about it? Oh, daily, daily. I mean, she, <laughs> my, my mom is 80 years old, but I, and I've never seen this competitive nature in her before, but she is, uh, she's really getting after it. So the, you know, for the listeners, the virtual challenge is, uh, 327 miles and you have the entire year, the entire year of 2022 to complete it. And there's a leaderboard. So you, you know, you enter your, your distance and my mom every day goes down to that, that path you talked about in San Clemente that you know well. And she gets out there and she walks four to six miles a day. And again, she's 80 years old. She's a tough Greek. Uh, she looks like she's 60. And um, she really, really is embracing this. And she's, she loves the, uh, you know, because she's done virtual challenges before, like a virtual 5K. And they're, they're just, I mean, all you do is just, you know, you, you, you log your distance and that's it. I mean, most virtual challenges are fairly 
static. I know of no other virtual challenge like the Fidipides challenge where there's so much rich content that is actually revealed to you as you reach certain milestones. So not only do you get a great workout, you know, you're learning about history. And, you know, at the end of, uh, of, of the challenge, uh, you're quite rewarded because not only are you physically rewarded, but, you know, you, you, you've learned so much. So um, my, my mom, her name is uh, Fotini, uh, and if, which is Fran in Greek. And um, she, she's really enlivened by this. And she invited some of her friends to join <laughs> and they chickened out. They're just, she's so intimidating, I guess. And she's really not. She's the most lovely woman in the world. Well, the, uh, the reality is that we want to open this up to anyone. And, you know, you can walk a mile a day in various segments and make the challenge by the end of the year. So it's, it's not like you have to go out and run 20 miles a day or something like that. Uh, we want people to appreciate this wonderful history and the amazing feats that the Greeks did during that era in the production of democracy. Dean, one thing you shared on the Facebook Live the other day was the history and the meaning of the word marathon. Could you share that with us? <laughs> Yeah, so where the when the Persians invaded Greece, and this is back in uh, 490 BCE, they landed at this coastal plain uh, on the east coast of Greece that's filled with fennel, um, wild fennel, the herb, which grows all over Greece. And the word marathon is basically means a field filled with fennel, a field of fennel, uh, and that's the genesis of the word marathon. Marathos. <laughs> which is also the name of a, of a brand of ouzo. If you've ever had ouzo, which is a Greek uh, liqueur uh, that tastes basically like uh, black licorice, it's, it's fermented uh, fennel. Just little nuggets all the way through. That is well, and, you know, the other thing that uh, Professor Cartledge pointed out to me is that uh, the, the translation of Pheidippides uh, or Pheidippides, the translation of, of his name means spare the horse, because the Greeks knew that a trained uh, long distance foot herald could outrun a horse. So literally, you know, wh why kill a horse when Pheidippides can just go run there? So spare the horse. <laughs> That's that's a great uh, fact. Uh, I I did not know that until Dean told me that. So this brings us to a part in the podcast that I like to do, which is if the guest has any questions for Jeff. So Dean, do you have anything that you would like to ask Jeff? Uh, where is your favorite place in Greece? You know. Um, we stayed when when we went over to uh, the Athens Marathon most of the years. We stayed in this village community called Vuyagmini, and it's, it's just south of uh, of Athens. Um, it's a beautiful seaside community, and on the hill overlooking this whole area and overlooking the Aegean is a park that. Uh, has trails all through it. And I just, I, you don't know how many times 
I have thought about wanting to go back over there and run those hills and look out there. At the top of the hill, there is a dugout where uh, I believe there was a uh, um, messenger outpost, an outlook, uh, a lookout area there. And um, Barb and I, hiking around right near where that dugout was, we found some carvings in the rocks that uh, our guide came up there and, and said, uh, that is an, a more ancient form of uh, Greek lettering that preceded the current. Uh, and going back to uh, about uh, oh, 500, 600 B BCE. So it was just everywhere you go in Greece, you find things like that. But that particular place of Vuyagmeni was just a very pleasant place to be and to run. Ah, oh, wow. That, I, I'm going to have to visit. I've never been there, but I'm going to have to. I know exactly where you're talking about. It's, uh, it's not far from uh, Piraeus. That's and, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to visit that. The, you know, the thing with Greece that <laughs> still astounds me is you you find these ancient ruins. I mean, even I was in ancient Olympia uh, last October, and you can, it's, it's, it's barely even cordoned off. I mean, you can walk up to these ancient, you know, places where the Olympics were held. And the, the original Olympic field where they, where they ran the stayed. It's, it's just a field. You can just go walk around this field. I mean, if, if this was America, you know, there'd be tour guides, you know, there'd be railings that you stood back from. There'd be placards explaining what this area is all about. In Greece, there was like a, a, a piece of twine that was kind of <laughs> degraded by UV from the sun. And that was kind of it. Other than that, you just step over it and you go walk out amongst these, these ruins where the ancient Olympians were. And, uh, you know, I could, I could go on and on about these places I visited in Greece, you know, places that Homer describes that haven't changed in 3,000 years. Yeah, I get chill bumps and going to these places, too. It's, it's just really amazing. Well, Dean, well, I we really appreciate you being on the You Can Do It with Jeff Galloway podcast. Is there any new challenges on the horizon for you? <laughs> I've always got new challenges. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm working on a challenge with a, a friend of mine, and uh, we're scheming to run from the, the lowest place on earth to the highest place on earth. So, wow. Wow. yeah, so you, I'm sure everyone knows the highest place on earth, right? It's, it's Mount Everest. <laughs> yeah. And the, the lowest place on earth is, is the Dead Sea. Okay. So we're working on running from the Dead Sea to the, the top of Mount Everest. Well, obviously, when we get to Mount Everest, we'll be hiking to get to the summit. Yeah. But yeah. That's, wow. Uh, pretty remarkable. Well, that, that could be our second, pod, our second podcast. I know. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, thank you for your time, Dean. Um, this was great. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. Thanks, yeah, Dean. So yeah, no, you're welcome. And uh, I encourage you to check out the uh, Fidipides Challenge and uh, sign up. And, uh, the, the, you know, it's, it's only $50. And the commemorative medal itself is, is worth twice that much. We couldn't have said it any better ourselves. So thanks so much, Dean. 
you can check out the Fidipides Challenge on Jeff's Facebook or Instagram. And we hope to see you out there. Thank you.